0: Yesterday, I don't know what you did, but yesterday was the Mud Run uh, over at the Wren High School. It was a fundraiser for the athletic department. They do that every year, and Dan Cooper heads that up, and, and our coach, Tate, and others. And a 3.1-mile course has approximately 24 different obstacles, most of them involving mud and water. A really, really messy thing, yeah, that, thus the name, Mud Run. Uh, Lisa and I went there yesterday. I, I did not go to run. Uh, Mama raised an ugly boy, but not a dumb one. So I did not go to run, but I did go to watch. My son was running, as well as a lot of you. I saw a lot of you there uh, in the mud run. And, and so we went to kind of hang out and watch a little bit. And, and we walked through some of the course. And uh, just got to see some of the messy things, that, uh, challenges that each team had to deal with. The fun part for me was later on fun part for me was after seeing some of the course and the messy challenges that some of these people would, would face, the fun part was to go back to the start-finish line and, and watch the teams getting ready to start the course. Every team I saw fit the same M.O. They were clean. They were excited. They were taking pictures. They were posing. They were ready to go conquer the mud run. Clean, excited, happy taking pictures and then to watch and and the start line was here the finish line was here so it was right together and as i watched these clean people these these uh nice people these people who are excited to take taking pictures then i would watch the people come across the finish line they came across the finish line quite differently Uh, they were covered in mud head to toe they were bleeding they were tired Uh, they were sometimes shoeless The mud bogs would claim more than one shoe, and and that happened a lot. And I remember one team in particular, it was four kids, probably about ten years of age, just cute, got little guys and uh, boys and girls. And, and they all had on yellow matching flood run t-shirts. They all had on black matching shorts. They had on their clean tennis shoes. They were posing shoulder to shoulder. Mom and dad were taking pictures. They, they were just posing and it looked great. And, and I pointed them out to my wife Lisa and she went, Oh, they're so cute. And then she said, they'll never make it. And, uh, you know, she probably was right. But I found myself thinking about how this is sometimes a picture of life. Kids go off to college, or they go off and get married, or they go off to the military, or they go off to start a career, and they're excited about what lies ahead. And we take pictures, and everyone is happy, happy, happy. Everybody's excited about what they're about to do, the new adventure they are about to launch into. But when they come back, sometimes it's a much different picture. When they come back, it was much harder, it was much tougher, it was much messier than they ever imagined. Their heart was broken, their faith was shaken, their marriage was shattered, the future was uncertain. And they look a lot different when they come back the second time. In fact, Lisa and I found ourselves looking at some of those people who were starting yesterday, having already seen some of the course. We found ourselves looking at some of those people and thinking, if you only knew what lay ahead for you. If you only had an idea of what lay ahead for you. But what if there was someone like that? What if there was someone who knew what is ahead in life and could help us get through it? Someone who knows more than we know. Someone who can manage life better than we could manage it. What if there was someone like that? Someone who knows what's ahead and could coach us through it. Do you know there's a whole new industry today in our society called life coaching? Harvard Business Review reports that that this life coaching is now a $1 billion a year industry. A billion dollars a year. In fact, I googled life coach Yesterday, I just Googled Life Coach, and I got 622 million results from that search. I looked up one of the Life Coaches, and he said he could help with the following. With relationships, with stress management, and balance in life, with spirituality and personal growth, career planning and development, motivation, time management, finances and budgeting, family and parenting. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Can I tell you something about that, though? I know a life coach who'll do it for free. And he's a lot better than anybody else you could ever contact. There's a book in the Bible where a father writes to his son. There's a book in the Bible where a father writes to his son to help his son through what he's about to face. The father knows it's going to be messy. The father knows it's going to be hard. The father knows what's facing him in his future. And he wants to coach his son. And he wants to help his son. Help his son through the obstacles. Called life. So this father sat down and he wrote a letter. To his son. And we get to read it today. It's in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Not. From time to time, I ask you to mark your Bibles, and I'm going to do that several times today, so go ahead and get your pen out if you'd like to mark your Bibles, if you like to make notes and underline and so forth. i will going to give you several places to do that today. Proverbs chapter 2 begins with, my son, those are the first two words of the chapter, my son. I would ask you to underline that. Solomon wrote from the perspective of a loving father who is trying to give wise counsel to his son. Let me show you. And if we had the time, we could go through lots of the Book of Proverbs and see that again and again. But let me show you a few examples of that early in the book, chapter one, verse eight. Look what he says: "Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching." Look at verse ten: "My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them." Verse fifteen: "My son, do not go along with them. Do not set your do not set foot on their paths." Or skip all the way down to chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they'll prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Or skip over to chapter 4, verse 1. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Solomon, a wise and loving father, is trying to help his kids by giving them godly counsel. He knows what's ahead for them. He knows the obstacles they're going to face. And so as a loving, wise father, he sits down and he writes his son a letter trying to give them godly counsel. And every time that he mentions my son, it's always within the context of pleading for him to listen and to pay attention. The father knows the value of what he's about to say. He knows the truthfulness of what he's about to say. He knows the helpfulness of what he's about to say. say. And so he wants to make sure that his son gets it. He wants to make sure that his son is listening. That his son is paying attention. He's not just trying to give him information. He's trying to guide him through the obstacles of life. And the question is this. Will he listen to his father's advice? Will he follow his father's advice? Now if you are a parent of a teenager or you used to be the parent of a teenager, you know exactly the struggle the father had at this moment, don't you? Question, parents. If you have a teenager in your house, or you used to have a teenager in your house, did your teenager always listen to what you told them? No. I mean, they wouldn't be teenagers if they listened, right? I mean, they got buds in their ears, and they're doing all kinds of things, and they're not paying attention. And in fact, when you try to tell them something, and they later mess up, what do they do? They come back and say, Well, you didn't tell me. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I did tell you. You just didn't pay attention. You, you just didn't listen. And this is what Solomon is wrestling with. He wants to make sure that his son listens and pays attention. God wants to make sure you're listening today, too. God wants to make sure you are paying attention. He wants to help you avoid the minefields in life... And in order to avoid the minefields in life, we all have to listen. We all have to pay attention to what God says. And Proverbs 2 shows us the benefit of paying attention and listening to our life coach, who is our Heavenly Father. Let's read. follow along as I read chapter 2 of Proverbs, beginning again in verse 1. He says, My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Nearly every day the headlines tell stories of people who crash and burn in life. People who have everything that you can imagine in life except the one thing that they need, wisdom. They have everything materially that they want. They have all kinds of things that you would ever dream of, but the one thing they don't have many times is wisdom. One of the names is in the headlines right now that you, that you've heard, I'm sure, is the name Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling is the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. And, of course, he's made the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And then if that were not bad enough, you know what he did recently. He got on Anderson Cooper's TV show and tried to repair his image, tried to explain his side of the story. And if you saw any of that, you know that he didn't help himself at all, did he? He poured fire or, or, or fuel on the fire and just made matters worse. But there's a lesson in the Donald story, Donald Sterling story for all of us. Here's the lesson I want you to understand. Folks, you will never solve your problems with the same thinking process that got you into your problem. Does that make sense to anybody? You'll never get out of the mess with the same thinking problem or the same thinking process that got you into the mess. We can never solve our problems with the same thinking that created the problems. I mean, can I just be very frank with you? If you are as smart as you say you are, you wouldn't have gotten into the mess to begin with. Right? I'm amazed, as a pastor, I'm amazed at the number of people who make dumb decisions, they mess up their lives, and then they tell themselves, I can fix this. No. I'm not sure that you can. I think maybe you need a life coach. Someone who knows more than you know. The best life coach you could ever have is the one who gave you life. There is no better life coach than that. The best life coach is the one who gave you life. And he can help you see what you can't see. He knows what you don't know. He can see the obstacles ahead if you will just listen and pay attention to what he says. James chapter 3 tells us about a a wisdom that comes from above. A wisdom that comes from heaven. A wisdom that comes down from God. So how do you get that kind of wisdom? Well, thankfully, he tells us in chapter 2 of Proverbs how to get that wisdom. Now, I want you to get your pen or pencil handy. I want you to mark a couple of words that are key to this text as we work our way through nine verses. I want you to look for the words if and the words you. You might want to underline the word if and circle the word, I'm, I'm sorry, not if and you, but if and then. If and then. Underline the word if Circle the word then. Let's read it and you follow along. Look for those two words. My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. And from His mouth come knowledge. And understanding. He holds victory in store. For the upright. He God is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For He God guards the course. Of the just and protects the way of His faithful ones. Then. Key word. Then you will understand what is right. And just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. The if and then statements that in those 9 or 10 verses are very, very important to understanding the wisdom that God wants to give us. What God is saying through the if and the then is this. It's really up to you. What you do with, with what I share with you is up to you. I want you to do these things. I want you to accept my words and store up those words and turn your ear towards me and apply your heart and cry out for understanding and look for wisdom and search for it. But, it really is up to you. It really is your decision. See, there's a price to pay if you want spiritual wisdom. But listen to this, there's a greater price to pay if you don't get spiritual wisdom. Some of you could testify to that today. You can say, you know, some of my greatest regrets in life, some of my worst mistakes in life were those times when I acted in my wisdom. Those those times when I acted in the flesh. Those times when I didn't take the time to pay attention and listen to God. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be person you decide to be we all have the capacity to get off track sometimes we all have the capacity not to listen to god the way we should we all have the capacity to sometimes make wrong choices and that's why we need the encouragement of verse seven and eight look at it carefully he god holds victory in store for the upright he is a shield to those whose walk is blameless for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of His faithful ones. Why do we need to be protected? Why do we need to be guarded? You see those two words in the verses? Here's the reason you and I need to be protected and we need to be guarded. It's because there are some people who want to pull us off the path we're walking. They want us to join them in their sin. It might be a, a boss who has no morals. It might be a coworker who started flirting with you. It might be an old friend that you found on Facebook. It might be somebody that suddenly just appeared in your life again that you haven't seen for a long time. And if you're not careful, you'll end up walking down a road that leads to heartache and a road that leads to ruin and a road that leads to pain. How do you avoid those traps, those kinds of people? Well, he tells us in this text, verse 11 and following, look, discretion will protect you. And understanding will, will guard you. I want to say to these high school graduates, you're getting ready to go off somewhere on your own. You're getting ready to go off to a dorm room. You're getting ready to go off to the military. You're you're getting ready to go off to a new job. You're getting ready to go out and and experience a freedom you haven't had it before. What's going to protect you. What's going to help you stay on the right path of walking with God. Look at the text carefully. Verse 12, Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. From men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will protect you from wicked men. And then he says, verse 16, It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who have left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. In this passage we meet the wicked men and the adulteress, and I want you to notice something very significant about both of those. They both use important, dangerous, enticing words. In verse 12, look what it says. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. Men whose words are what, church? Perverse. Look at verse 16. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife, with her what kind of words? Seductive words. Please notice the power of words. You see, who you hang around with and who you listen to does matter. Evil men use perverse words to lure you to follow and join them in their sin. Seductive people use seductive words to lure you into the sin that they want to participate in. You see, Satan will talk to you a lot of times through the words of others. And our greatest regrets in life are those times when we begin to listen to somebody other than God. We begin to listen to that, that uh, roommate in our dorm. We begin to listen to, to that friend at work. We begin to listen... Those guys we started hanging around with. We began to listen to somebody other than God. And we find ourselves with our lives in a mess. James talked about that in James 3 when he spoke of wisdom. A different kind of wisdom. He says, such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. So I want to tell you this in closing. Your greatest mistake in life, whatever it might have been, Think about it right now. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made? What's the greatest mistake you've ever made? What's, what's the biggest regret you have? You say, okay, it was, it was that time back a year ago or five years ago or last week or last month. My, your biggest mistake, your greatest sin, think about it for a moment. You know, your greatest mistake was not the sin you participated in. Your greatest mistake was that you ignored the wisdom that could have kept you from that sin. Don't do it again. Don't ignore God's wisdom. See, there's one thing I want you to grab hold of and take with you to college. There's one thing I want you to grab hold of and take with you to wherever you may be going. There's one thing I want us to all remember this week. There's one thing I want you to remember from Proverbs chapter 2 and put into your life. The giver of life can show you the best way to live your life. The giver of life can show you the best way to live your life. My son, he said, Pay attention. Listen to the words of wisdom. So if you want God to give you wisdom, I'm going to suggest to you three things. Number one, I would suggest that you read the book of Proverbs, a chapter a day, every day. Because the book of Proverbs promises wisdom to those who read it and practice it. So just read the book of Proverbs. Just start out your college life reading the book of Proverbs. One chapter a day, every day. Start out your work life, whatever it is you're doing. Read a chapter of Proverbs every day and put it into practice and you will find wisdom. Number two, practice the first six verses of Proverbs chapter one where you're seeking God's wisdom and asking God for wisdom. Asking God to give you perspective you don't have. Perspective only He has. Ask God for that perspective. Ask God for wisdom. And number three, listen to this one be ready and willing to act in faith and obedience to what He shows you. For if you do not act in faith and obedience, you really have not gained wisdom. You've just got knowledge. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is information. We are full of information, but we are starving for wisdom. We need wisdom for life. And God can give it to you. The giver of life. Is the best one to show us how to live. He has the wisdom we desperately need.